right. Well, good morning, everybody. Come on, 1030. How are we feeling? Three people. Okay. All right. I'm going to just go ahead and say that that's the turkey hangover. Okay. 1030. How are we feeling this morning? We thankful. We grateful. Welcome. Glad you're in the house. How many of you, how many of you ate too much? Come on. Let's just, it's confession. Let's go. It's good for the soul. Okay. All right. All right. How many of you did a little Black Friday shopping? Who, who Black Friday shopped? Wow. Come on. Who Black Friday slept? Come on, somebody. That's me. That's right there. That's what I'm talking about. How many of you have already started listening to Christmas music? Let's just go ahead. It's already infiltrated. Okay, here's the big one. Okay. Who put up their Christmas decoration and tree before, before Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. You're wrong. You are wrong. No, I'm, I'm kidding. We did the same thing. <laughs> oh, man. So glad that you're here. Welcome to our Savior's Church. And, uh, man, just excited for all that God's got to do today. Hey, I, I want to let you know, you should have gotten some notes when you walked in. Come on, you got some notes? Wave them at me. Let me see them if you got some notes. Good. Okay. So if I get my preach on, you can just kind of wave it at me and uh, let me see it. The, uh, there are binders that are at guest services that are free of charge for you uh, to keep all of that together. And so if you want to go and, and have any of those, you can go and grab some of those. So we'd love to have you be a part of that. Um, also want to let you know that, uh, we have some exciting things coming up in December. Of course, Christmas. Come on. How many of you love Christmas? Any Christmas people, man? I love Christmas. It's one of my favorite times of the year. We get to come and, and celebrate. And so we'll, we'll have an uh, awesome Christmas service, I think on the, on the 22nd. And then you're, you're going to hear some other things we have for our dream teams and things coming up. But, uh, just excited that you're here. Glad that you're here. I, I'm, uh, I decided to do kind of, a. Uh, I, I don't know if this is going to be a standalone message yet or if this is going to be a, a series of messages. I'm not quite sure yet, um, but I'm calling today's message Filters. Uh, it's called Change the Filter, and uh, you'll, you'll understand that in just a, just a minute. But we're going we're gonna to dive into God's Word today. So why don't you, uh, let's pray together before we dive into God's Word. Let's invite Him here, uh, and, uh, and, and let's, let's get into God's Word today. Father, we love you. God, just thank you so much for uh, this church. Thank you for these people. And uh, Lord, in this Thanksgiving week, we, we honor you, we celebrate you, we're so thankful for you, and uh, God, just thankful for all that you want to do in us and through us today. God, I pray, Lord, that your word, as it goes forth, it would do everything that it was called to do. God, Lord, may our hearts be receptive, may we be ready for your word, and God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with your people today. God, we thank you so much for the Saints and LSU Tigers winning this weekend. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Go Tigers. Okay. I, um, I, I don't know if, if you're well aware with how AC systems work. One of the things that in an AC system, one of, the, one of the biggest pieces of an AC system that makes it work the most is actually probably one of the cheapest things on an AC system. And I, and I, I learned this a couple years ago in a big way. I was um, having, my wife and I were having our AC being worked on at our house, and uh, it's actually a guy in our church, he owns his own AC company, so he comes to me, and he says, hey, Pastor Josh, um, he's like, you like saving money? I'm like, amen, absolutely, I love saving money. He said, do you like it, like, when your AC system, like, works, like, for a long time? I said, yeah, I do, I love it. He said, change your filter, <laughs> and then he came, and he brought uh, my filter to me, and this is what my, my filter, I'm going to give show you a picture, this is what it looked like. I'm just kidding. That's not what it looked like. That's a Google picture. I didn't. That's not my filter. Um, but it was pretty nasty. It was, it was pretty gross. And he began to explain to me 
about not only just how an AC system, of course, works. If you know how it works, you've got returns in your home that usually you will have these filters in. Sucks all the air in, and then your, your AC system will either cool it or heat it based off of the season. And uh, in, in Louisiana, it could cool it in the morning and heat it at night. Come on, how many you know that's what we do in Louisiana? And, and, then it, and then it blows into the rest of the house. Well, this filter, not expensive, pretty cheap, but this can save you money or cost you money. This can save your house or, save you, or, or destroy your house when it comes to contaminants based off of how well you do with the filter. Uh, Energy Star said it this way. I'm going I'm to read. This is Energy Star's description of a filter. They say this, a dirty filter can increase energy costs and damage your equipment leading to early failure. And so based off of if you want to have a clean environment and a pure air environment, you need to understand how important it is for you to change your filter. Now, some of you are like, I came to church today to find out I need to change my filter. Yes, go change your filter if you haven't yet. Um, on top of that, though, uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is because you and I all have filters. You have a filter. I have a filter. And it's actually what is in between our two ears, and that is our mind. Everything that you experience in life travels first through your mind. What you think about goes through your mind. What you see goes through your mind. What you hear goes through your mind. Everything travels through your mind. It, you have a built-in filter by God. And you need to understand that if you don't know how to change this filter, it can look exactly like this one, all funked up. Uh, and a funky filter will destroy your life. A funky filter will cost you more than you can imagine. And so today I want to talk to you about changing the filter. Because when the filter is not changed, bigger problems begin to happen in our lives. And some of you right now are experiencing problems in your life in significant ways. Maybe it's relational problems or whether it's um, uh, emotional problems. And you would be surprised at how, how often those problems are actually related to how you're thinking. And so I, I want to show you today through God's word what he has to say about our filter. So go with me to Romans chapter 12, Romans 12, verse 2, and uh, we're going to read this together. And I want you to, uh, to preach with me. It says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Everybody say that. Be what? Transform. Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your what? Of your mind. Okay. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what this scripture is saying. Saying, don't think like the way, way the world thinks. Don't live like the way that the world lives. You, you, if you want to have a changed life, you need to have a changed filter. And, and, and the filter meaning your mind, that if you want to see transformation in your life, it's going to come through what comes through here. And so, so, so often this gets so uh, clogged, and so we need to understand how to change the filter. And so I, I wrote this down. I think this is in your notes, but you can, you can follow along if you want to write this down. People respond differently to circumstances, not because the facts are different, but because their filter is different. People respond to circumstances differently, not because the facts are different, but because the filter is different. You can face something. Two people can face the exact same situation, and based on how their filter is, one could have fear and another one could have faith. One could have worry and one could have peace. 
And you could have two people going through the exact same thing. And one person's freaked out and one person's going, eh, God's got this. What is the difference? The filter. And so today I want to talk to us about the filter, the filter that's in our life. And you see this actually all throughout scripture. When, when David, who was a shepherd boy, teenage shepherd boy, shows up on the scenes to deliver some cheese to his brothers, and his brothers are in the Israel's army, and they're facing Goliath. Many of us know that story of David and Goliath. Well, do you, do you understand that the men that were actually the warriors, the soldiers, were scared of Goliath? 16-year-old David walks up on the scene and says, hey, what y'all scared about? He says, I got this. Yo mama, come on. <laughs> so he, he, he had no fear whatsoever. What was the difference? His filter was different than the other filter. All of us can go through things in our life that based off of how we think about it can, can alter the direction of what we go. So this is, I, I, I want to help us if you're, uh, <laughs> if you're taking some notes. I want to I show you how this plays out. And I'm going to put some words on the screen, Okay. Now, based off of your filter, you're going to view this word differently than probably other people in this room. So let me, let me give you a couple examples. So the first one, first word is father. Some of you, when you see this word, you think of anger, pain, frustration, maybe abandonment, rejection. Others of you, when you see this word, you think of your hero, Great appreciation, love, legacy. Based off of your circumstances and based off of your filter, when you see this word, you can think different things. Let me show you another one. This word right here, marriage. Some of y'all are like, heck no, uh-uh. I did that, got the t-shirt, I'm good. <laughs> Others of you think pain or maybe you think of depression or you think of divorce or you think of hurt. Others of you, when you think when you think of marriage, you know all the all the husbands in the in the house. They think, man, I'm so grateful for my wife. She's the greatest gift God's ever given me. She's a blessing to me. I just, man, I just teed that up for you guys. I didn't get any amens from the husbands. Okay, I'll give you another shot. Okay, if your wife is here, she's the greatest gift in the life. She's blessed me. She's awesome. Okay, all right, y'all just too late now. You lost it. Um, too late. Let me give you another word. Watch this one. How about this word right here? Yeah, exactly. Your response right there just told me what you thought of this word. Some of y'all, when you think of this word, you think of hungry. <laughs> you think of pain. You think of disgust. You, you want to cuss. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of words that filter through your mind when you think of this word. But others of you, when you think of this word, you think of uh, grateful, I feel better. I'm off of medicine now. I can sleep. Yet again, based off of your filter, how you look at this word. And then let me give you the last one. How about this one right here? <laughs> now, some of y'all, when you look at this and you see this, you think boring or judgmental or maybe pain or, ugh, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And then others of you that go to our Savior's church think this is the best place ever. Okay, yet again, I teed that up. Okay, I was expecting a lot more responses there. Family, life, 
I, I, based off of your experiences, yet again, two people can go through the exact same circumstances and exact same experience and have two totally different responses. What is it? It's your filter. And if you're not careful, you, you don't realize that there's a big thing that happens in your life. And so I want you to write this down if you want to just take some side notes. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So whatever you're thinking about, that's where your life is going to head. Proverbs 23 actually tells, it, tells us it this way. For as he thinks in his heart, as she thinks in her heart, so is he, so is she. Whatever you're thinking about, that's what you're becoming. Now, I need you to understand how powerful this is because your filter shapes how you see yourself. It shapes how you see God, and it shapes how you see other people. Your filter does. It shapes how you see yourself. You could be like Gideon, who was insecure and didn't think God called him a warrior, and he was like, no, 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 that's not me, that's not me, that's not me. And yet again, because of his filter, it's how he viewed himself. It, it, could, it could affect how you view God. When you think of God, you think of judgmental, or you think he, he doesn't like me, or he's out to get me, or things that I've heard from people about God is all because of their filter, or it may even affect how you view other people. Maybe you were raised in a home where black people were viewed down. You know why? Because your filter was funked. No one, is, no one is born racist. They're taught it. That's why God is calling us as a church to break racism, by the way. That we are going to be a church that all people are valuable. Can I get an amen in this house? That all people are valuable. That all ages are valuable. That all, everything is valuable. Maybe you grew up and you hate this type of people. Or you hate this political party or you hate this team or whatever it is. All of that was skewed. Your view of others has been based off of your filter. Your filter, I'm telling you, the direction of your life is, is based off of your strongest thoughts. And there are things in our life that creates funk in our filter. And so I want to share that with you. If you want to follow along with us as we take some notes here, some funk that's in the filter. Let me give you the first thought is here is the devil's lies. The devil lies constantly. If you haven't realized that yet, I'm going to tell you he does. John 8 verse 44 says this. When he, speaking of the devil, lies, watch this. He speaks his native language for he is a what? Come on, say it again. He is a what? He's a liar. And he is the father of lies. What does the enemy do? He tries to shape your thinking with his lies. That's his whole goal is to shape your thinking with his lies. Let me help you. I'll, I'll help you with this. You need to understand this. The devil cannot touch you. He cannot touch you. But what he can do is he can suggest things to you. He can't touch you. He can't harm you. Like when I hear people like, the devil made me do it. Okay, you're a liar. No, he did not. I'll tell you what he did, though. He suggested things to you, and then you chose to do it. That's, there's two totally different things. He didn't make us do anything, but he does suggest things to us, and if we believe it, we begin to behave by it. So a lot of our life behavior is based off of the things that we have bought into and we have believed, and the enemy has been lying. Well, how do I know this? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Adam and Eve. How did sin get into this world? The devil, a serpent, began to, what did he do to Eve? 
He lied to her. He said, hey, listen, what, what, what did God say? Well, God said that we couldn't eat of this fruit. No, 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 listen, no, no, no. God didn't say you couldn't eat of the fruit. He, he, he was just saying like, because if you eat the fruit, you're going to be just like him. And he doesn't want you to be like him. And so, listen, if you just eat the fruit, you'll become like God. And so here we go. Very beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 is the story of the unfolding of the enemy coming in and speaking lies to Eve and bring sin into this world. Yet again, remember, Satan didn't bite her. He didn't strangle her. He suggested things to her. And because she bought into the suggestions of what he did, sin enters into the world and then, of course, Adam gets into it as well. And then we have a broken world. All that started because Satan is a father of lies. Guess what Satan has been doing for over 2,000 plus years now? He's been lying. And he, he's been lying to you ever since. And he probably lied to you this morning. Every morning you wake up, you probably hear those lies. You, you hear things like, uh, God doesn't really love me. God doesn't care about me. I'm always going to struggle. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be sick. I'm not good enough. Um, I can't trust people. I can't trust God. You've said them. I've said them. I've heard them. I hear them often. And what these lies do is they create helplessness in us. They create hopelessness in us. They create worthlessness in us. And our filter gets filled with lies constantly. It, it may be things that people have said about you when you were younger that you're still living out today. It could have been things your father said about you or your mother said about you or your classmate said about you or a teacher or a friend or a boss or maybe even a complete stranger. But we are living things out today to even try to prove. Maybe your father said you would never be nothing and now you work your tail off to just try to prove to him that you can actually do something with your life but you're living your life really to try to just show him that that's not the case. There are lies that you and I have believed that have filtered, and hearing the lie is not the damaging part when you know, it's not, when you know that it is a lie. When you know a lie is a lie, how many of you know now you got the power? Because the only power a lie has is your belief. I'm going to say that again. The only power a lie has is your belief. So when you hear those lies... It's only when you buy into those lies that the enemy now comes in in a covert operation of dictating your behavior, of dictating your responses, of dictating your attitude. So, um, you know, my, my wife had a, a really hard upbringing. Um, she had a very kind of dictatorial uh, uh, father, um, didn't really listen to her, um, was verbally abusive at times. And so, like, when we were married, you know, when when we would get into argument, she would immediately think that I was gonna be like her dad. I was immediately going, she, we went straight to there because that's what she grew up in. So it was, so here the lie starts happening. Well, if he starts doing that, then he's gonna leave me like my, my, my dad left my mom. Do you see how this happens? It just begins to perpetuate things in our lives. When you start hearing these lies or experiencing these things in your life through different things, it starts affecting your behavior today. And many of us are having our behavior affected by the lies that we've believed. And the devil doesn't need to tell you new lies when you keep believing the old ones. 
And there's old ones that have been spoken over us that have kind of stuck into the filter of our mind. And so we, we live in the lie of rejection or we live in the lie of disappointment or we live in the lies of criticism or we live in the lies of... And you've got to start realizing, man, I've been living this whole life believing these things to be true. And they're not. So the devil's lies is something that can put funk in the filter. Let me give you another one is the world's pollution can put funk in the filter. You've got to realize that, well, let me read scripture and then I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit on this. Ephesians 4, 17 through 18 says this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. Everybody help me here. For they are what? Say it out loud. Come on. They are what? Hopelessly. Hopelessly. hopelessly yeah, say that three times fast. Hopelessly confused. Watch this. Their minds are what? Full of darkness. They wander from life that God gives here we go, watch, because they've closed their minds and they've hardened their hearts against him. They have closed their minds and they have hardened their hearts. Let me just say this, you don't get a hard heart until you've had a closed mind. Because what comes into the mind has to go to the mind before it ever gets to the heart. So before it can ever get to the heart, you've got to shut this off. As soon as you shut this off, it affects this. And, and, and God is always trying to keep, have us have an open mind to what he wants to do, what he's trying to do in our lives. When you have an open mind, you have a soft heart. When you have a closed mind, you have a hard heart. And so, man, my, my, my posture every morning before God is, God, let me have an open mind. God, let me have an open mind. Let me have a soft heart. God, help, help me here. And what you're going to realize is this is what, how, well, how do I get a closed mind? How do I get a hard heart? You ready? What you allow in your ears, what you allow in your eyes, what you see, what you hear, pollutes. It pollutes. And so being very, very, very mindful of what you watch and what you see, what you hear, what you listen to, and what you say. Those are all gates. They're all ways, entrances into our minds and into our hearts. So I'll give you like a, for example, like in our house, my wife grew up having a lot of fear, like at night, having um, nightmares and, and things like that. And so um, what we begin to realize was she loved watching horror movies. Well, you're going to watch horror movies. Guess what? You ain't sleeping at night. <laughs> Freddy's coming. And so, <laughs> and so, or it, or whatever it is. Um, and so in our house, like horror movies are off limits. There's not even allowed in our home. Um, because I'm like, why am I going to allow access for the enemy to come and bring fear? And then we wonder why we can't sleep. We wonder why we're scared. We wonder why all this is going on. Like we've just, we've allowed kind of access to that. Can I, can I take it another step further? Maybe some of us are critical with our government because of the news you watch. Like maybe it's not the best thing in the morning when I wake up to turn on Fox News or CNN or my app or whatever else. Maybe that's not the best thing for my heart to start the day with. Maybe, just maybe, I'm a little cynical or critical of things because I've just allowed that stuff to, hey, it's pollution, right? It gets in. It gets in. What would it be like if we started the day not polluting our lives but filling our lives with what really matters? And so this is what God's Word says. This is the air that we breathe. And so I want to I, this is what I want to encourage us to do. I want to, I want to encourage you to think about what you're thinking about. Everybody say that with me. I need to think about what I'm 
thinking of. Everybody say it again. Let's say it like we actually, like we're awake. Okay. I want to think about what I'm, one more time. I need to think about what I'm thinking about. When's the last time you actually thought about what you were thinking about? I know it sounds a little weird. Think about what I'm thinking about. Like, is that like, man, I feel like I'm going to get like, like a mind warp. What's going on here? Now I just need to, I need to be conscious of what my mind is constantly thinking about. What am I constantly consumed with? So I want, I want to give you kind of what I call a filter check. So I'm going to put two things up here. They're usually diabolically opposed to one another, but you're going to see what it is. So let me show you a couple of things here. So first thing is this, is worry and fear. And we got a little grade system here. we got a one through ten here, okay? All the way going to the, the peace side, and we go on to the worry side. Now, I want you to think about what you've been thinking about. Okay, so think about your children, your future, Money, job, security, health. Okay, all of those right there. Which side are you leaning towards? Which one are we going? All right. How many can go to this side sometimes? Let me go to this side. I, I don't know about y'all. I feel like I vacillate. I feel like there's times where I'm like full of worry, and I feel like there's times where I'm, I'm full of peace. It, it's crazy. I don't know if y'all, this, this might just be for me. In the really big things, I trust God. In the really small things, I trust myself. And, and peace is this trust, this confidence, this security. And, and it's usually the really, really big things that are in my life that I should probably be really freaked out about. I'm like, man, I trust God for that. But when it comes to like really small things, man, I freak out about. But, but where are you in the scale? Where are you at today? When you, if you're thinking about what you're thinking about, is it, is it more worry? Is it more peace? Let me give you another one. Negative, positive. Negative, are, are you more critical? Are you more uh, fault-finding, discontent, always complaining, grumbling? It's amazing when you start listening to the things that are coming out of your mouth and you actually start thinking about what you're thinking about and you think about what you're saying. You start realizing, like, man, I'm pretty negative. Like, I'm pretty, like... Or, or am I positive? Am I, am I believing the best about people? Am I, hey, listen, life's hard, but God's good. I'm, I'm a bit more optimistic. Which, which side do you tend to lean on? Let me give you another one. Worldly versus eternal. Worldly is, is, is what you're constantly thinking about, about what I get, what I want, what I have, what I need. Eternal is about what God wants, what God has, what God needs, what God wants to do through me, for other people, is, is my life consumed with what I do and what I want, or is it consumed with what God does and what God wants? Do you wake up every morning and your prayer starts with, God, I need this and I need this and I need this? Or does your prayer start off with, God, not my kingdom, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. God, not my life, but what your life is. We, we gotta, we've got to measure what you want. Think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. Okay, and now think through this. My life is in the direction of my strongest thoughts. My life is in the direction of my strongest thoughts. So whatever you are consuming your life with thinking about, that is the direction in which you are going. And so that, those are ways that our filter can get, get all this funk inside of it. But the, the question, of course, is, well, how do I change that? How do, how do we change this filter? How do, we, how do we see some of this get cleared out in our lives and I, I want to show you what Scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
as we wrap this up. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 says it this way. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Now watch this. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish what? Everybody say that word with me. To demolish what? Strongholds. Strongholds. All right, we're going to come back to that. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive. This is huge here. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, stronghold is a Greek word for fortress or prison. And what this is telling us is based off of the things that we've allowed in our lives, whether it's the enemy's lives or whether that's just the world's pollution, we have literally built a prison around our life. There are areas of our life that we are imprisoned to because of the things that we have allowed into our life. And so how do we begin to destroy these strongholds? Because here's what I need you to know. When you have strongholds in your life and you're in a prison, two things happen. One, it keeps you in and it keeps others out. So it keeps you in. You can't get out of it. But here's the other thing. Other people can't get in to help you either. So we've got to begin to demolish these strongholds. And I love this passage because this is encouragement to us. It says that you have divine power to destroy strongholds. God has given us the power to begin to destroy these things that have been put in our life. And so let me, let me help you with three thoughts here on how we begin to change the filter in our life. Number one, you got to own it. You got to own it. Notice Paul didn't say that the, that the devil brought him into captivity. He says, it is the way that we think. We got to take every thought captive because if we don't take thoughts captive, thoughts take us captive. If you don't own your thoughts, your thoughts will own you. I'm going to say that again. If you don't own your thoughts, your thoughts will own you. Over the last um, probably two years, I've probably 50% of the funerals that I've done have been suicides. You know what that is? People letting their thoughts own them. That's what it is. So we get to a place where we feel so despair. We feel so defeated. We feel like we don't matter anymore. What is all of that? That's things that we hear, things that we have been spoken over, things that we have bought into, things that we have believed. And we get to this place where we think we'd never do something like this. But you've got to own it. You've got to own it. Like, you know, if you come into church and people are like, hey, how are you doing? Like, oh, blessed, highly favored. Yeah, I'm good. Don't lie. You should walk in and go, how are you doing? Depressed. I'm depressed. Okay. Well, people are like, well, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, but you need to say it. And here's why you need to say that. Because if it's something that you're really going through, as soon as you say that, how many know now you get help? As soon as we own This is where we're at. This is what we're struggling through. This is what we're working through. This is what we're going through. I think the greatest ability that any person can have is responsibility. As soon as I take responsibility for myself and I own my thoughts and say, you know what? No, it hasn't been good. Man, it's been hard. Man, it's been a struggle. Man, this is what's going on. As soon as I own it, how many know now we can heal from it? Now we can help it. Now we can do something about it. You got to own it. The second thing you got to do is you got to identify it. You've got to identify it. You can't defeat what you can't define. And you've got to identify where is the problem in my life. So um, a couple years ago, my wife and I um, bought a, a, a house that had a pool, had an underground pool, so a concrete pool and everything. We started noticing that it was having cracks in the pool. 
And so they were starting to get a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I ended up calling a, a, pool, a professional pool company to come out. And I said, okay, can y'all just fix all this? And they said, yeah, no problem. You know, it's going to cost you, but we can do it. So I said, just do it. We need it. We've got to get this fixed. So they came out and demoed my whole pool. I mean, with jackhammers and everything. And they're taking all of the old gunite out. And they come in. They pipe in all of this fresh new kind of cement to seal everything. So they're do it all. And they get it all done. And it's all cured and everything. And they go, okay, you can, you can now fill your pool back up. Okay, great. So we got, you know, two different water hoses, got it thrown in. And so I go to turn the water on and nothing's coming. So I go inside. I'm like, hey, babe, it's, is, you got any water? So she's turning on the water and no water, nothing. No water's going anywhere. So I'm like, let's go throughout the house and figure out what's going on. So she goes in, turns on all the tubs, turns on all the sinks, flushes the toilet, no, no water. Well, eventually water starts finally coming through, but it's black, Black water starts coming through all of my sink, my tub, my toilets, like everything is black. And then I'm like, wait, hold up. I got two water hose in my pool and I run out to my pool and black sludge is going in my brand new pool. I'm like, bless the Lord. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, and so I'm like, come on, I'm calling everybody. We're grabbing five gallon buckets and we're like, trying to get all this sludge that's getting out of my pool. I'm like, what is going on? My house is all black. My brand new pool is now all black. I'm like, what is happening? So I called the previous owner. I said, hey, listen, have you ever had black water? He's like, no. He's like, I don't know. I was like, do you know any reason why we would have black water? I called the city. They don't know. They say it's on our end. And then he goes this, oh, I forgot to tell you. I was like, please do tell. He said, in the back of your shop, I put a filter in back there. You might want to go check that. Okay, now, I've lived in this house for almost two years up to this point. I never knew my house had a filter, ever. So I go in the back of the shop, and sure enough, there's a tarp over this little area. I pull the tarp up, and there's a filter that's clear. It's about this big. Guess what color it is? Black. It was black. The whole filter, all the way to the top, was black. I had been, our family had been bathing, showering for the last two years in this thing that had been filtered through by this thing. I wanted to vomit right then and there. So I unhooked the filter, changed it all out, took it, took it out, and then re-plugged re it in and uh purged all the water through all of, all of my house, all, we had to scrub all of our toilets, had to go and scrub all of our new pool, everything, and eventually it was crystal clear water. I've never had black water since. But I had to go and identify where the problem was. Now, I could have gone back there in the back, saw the filter, and been like, oh, okay, well, all right, well, I didn't know about it, so I just turn around and go, go out. But I would continue to be having black sludge at the end of my water hose and in my house. It's one thing for us to identify it. You've got to identify the things in your life. My assignment for you, for this message, is for you to begin to identify at least one stronghold in your area, in your life that is holding you back. All of us have them. All of us have something in our life that is holding us back. You've got to identify what is that. What is that thing that has been holding you 
back from stepping into the things that God's calling you. Some of you are not stepping into the things God's called you to do because there's a, there's a stronghold there. Whether you've identified it or not, you've got to do number three, which is you've got to exchange it. You've got to exchange it. You can't control the thoughts that you have, but you can control the thoughts that you hold. I'm going to say that again. You can't control the thoughts that you have, but you can control the thoughts that you hold. What, 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 Pastor Josh, what do you mean by that? This is what I mean. Every morning I wake up, I hear these thoughts. You can't handle this. You can't handle this. I hear it. I hear it all the time. You can't do this. You can't do this. That's a thought that I have. But it's not a thought that I desire to hold. What I do hold on to is when the Bible says, when I am weak, when you are weak, he's made strong. I hold on to that one. That one I hold on to. When I, when I hear the thing that says you're always going to be depressed, you're always going to walk through this, then, then I, I go, no, 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 I'm not going to hold on to that. I'm going to take that, that, caught, that thought captive, and I'm going to bring it to Christ, and I'm going to go, God, what do you have to say about this? And then God goes, no, no, listen, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. I'm going to hold on to that one. And then, then when I hear you're always going to be alone, you're always going to be alone. I bring that to God, and God goes, no, no, listen. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I've placed you in family. I place the solitary in family. You're, always, you're never going to be alone. I'm always going to be with you. Okay, I'm going to hold on to that one. And then I come over here, and then I hear doctors say, oh, your son's not going to make it. And then I swing over here and go, this is what, hey, God, this is what the doctors have said. And then, and then God goes, uh, I'm glad that they said that, but I just want you to know I am a healer, and I have the last word, and I can do whatever I want to do. And I hold on to that one because that is the truth. How many know you're going to hear lies all the time? Don't hold on to the lies. Hold on to the truth of God's word, the truth of what God wants to speak. Come on, is anybody receiving this today? This is the things that God has called us to hold on to. Some of you are so crippled right now because you're so worried about what other people think about you. And you've held on to what people think about you more than what God thinks about you. Like God loves you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. But you've got to let go of what people think about you. I'm sorry for what your father said about you, but it's not true. You have a spiritual father that has said a lot more about you than your natural father has said. I, I don't know what that teacher has said about you. I don't know what maybe a spouse has said about you, but I know what God has said about you and what God knows about you. And I know what God thinks about you. And you need to get to a place where you start rehearsing what God says and what God thinks more than what other people say and what other people think. You are trapped right now in your own prison because you're consumed with what other people have said and what the enemy has said more than what God says. And if you want to get out of the stronghold, you've got to grab on to what God has said about you. And this is what he says, John 8, 3, John 8, 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It'll set you free. It'll set you free. So I want you to, I want you to hear me as we close out today. Don't stay locked in a prison that Jesus unlocked. Don't stay locked in a prison that Jesus unlocked. Jesus, by his blood that we just celebrated in communion, by the body that was broken for us, broke the curse that was on our lives. He broke sin and death and shame and guilt, and he broke those things off of our life. Stop living in a place that Jesus delivered you from. Jesus' truth is that you are 
a son of God, a child of God, a daughter of God. You are loved by him. You are empowered by him. Everything that you need for godliness and holiness and love, he's already placed on the inside of you. And the spirit of the living God lives on the inside of you. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. These are the things you need to speak over your life. These are the things you need to speak over your marriage and over your family and over your kids and over your finances and over every situation that you have in your life. you got to own it. But you've got to identify it. But more than anything, you've got to exchange it. Because it's one thing to know it. It's one thing to know where the problem is. It's another thing to fix it. God, by his spirit, has given you everything that you need to fix the filter, to change the filter. I am transformed when I renew this. So today, we renew this. God, give me your thoughts. God, give me your mind. God, give me your peace. God, give me the things that I can only receive from you and you alone. God, help us to turn down the volume of the world. Help us to silence the voice of the enemy. And God, may we turn up the Holy Spirit's voice in our life louder than any other voice in our lives. If you're here in this place, I want you just to close your eyes right there in this holy moment right here. This is our opportunity just to respond to what God is doing. If you're here in this place and you go, you know what? I probably have had the world's voice or the enemy's voice a little too loud in my life, and I'm ready to turn that down, and I need the voice of the Lord to be louder than anything else. Would you just raise your hand all across this place? If that's you, all across this, come on, hands going up all over, all over. Come on, just keep your hands up right there where you are, and I want you just to right there where you are, I want you just to verbally express to the Lord, let him know maybe what is that area that you've listened to too much. Maybe it's God, it's this depression. I take this, take this from me, Lord. Take this from me. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's been anxiety. Maybe it's been anger. Maybe it's been lust. Maybe it's been addictions. I don't know what it's been, but there's been these things that have been spoken over you. And right now, it's the time for us to break it in Jesus' name. We just begin to declare these. God, we, we break these things off in Jesus' name. Worry and fear and resentment and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. God, we, we break these things off in the name of Jesus today. God, we exchange these lies with the truth of your word. God, we pray that your voice would be louder than any other voice that we hear in our lives. We thank you that there is no weapon formed against us will prosper. God, we thank you that you have made us overcomers. God, we thank you today that we are the head and not the tail. God, we thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We thank you today, God, that peace rules and reigns not because of what we're going through, but because who we put our trust in. And today, God, we trust you. We believe in you. We believe in your truth and in your word. And we today re-anchor ourselves into that. God, I pray, Lord, that you would renew our minds today. Renew our minds. Give us your thoughts. As Philippians 2 said, may we have the mind of Christ. God, I pray that today. I pray this week. I pray tomorrow when they wake up that they would begin their day renewing themselves with your truth. God, today we surrender our lives to you again. You can put your hands down all across this room, but if you're here in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that is the greatest decision you could ever make is to surrender your life to Jesus. And a lot of the voices that you've been hearing in your life is because more than anything, you don't have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. But today, 
The Bible says it's as simple as ABC. If we'll admit that we're sinners, believe that Christ died on the cross for our sins, our shame, and our guilt, and we will confess him as Lord and Savior of our lives, and we will surrender our life to him, that he will come on the inside. He'll make us brand new from the inside out. If you're here today and say, man, I, I want a fresh start. I need a fresh start. I want to surrender my life to the Lord. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up. Say, Pastor Josh, would you pray for me? That's what I want. One, two, three. If that's you going up all across this room, come on, all across this room. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Praise God. Praise God. Now I want you just to repeat this with me, and we're gonna we're gonna repeat this right alongside with you. So OSC family, come on, would you just say this with me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize that you're the Son of God, and that you came to live a life that I couldn't live, and you died a death that I deserve to die. You took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. And you rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Now, come on, say this with me. Say, today, I turn from my sins, and I place you as the Lord and Savior of my life. God, be my Father. Jesus, be my Savior. Holy Spirit, be my Helper. And heaven is today my home, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, OSC family, let's celebrate today with those.